Well, first of all, to the question of white supremacy, I personally don't think it exists. White people aren't superior. So to like say that, oh, white people are trying to be superior or white supremacists, but they're not. It's kind of like the same idea with gender. You know, it's like, call it mean, call it insensitive, but everybody knows if you got a ding-a-ling, you're a boy, and if you got a foo-foo-foo, you're a girl. Everybody knows that, right? So it's like, fuck off with it. You're just talking imagination. So it's the same thing with, like, you know, white supremacy. It doesn't exist. White people aren't going around saying that they're superior, and they're not. We're all equal. We're all children of God. So don't exist. So if somebody wants to say that they're a white supremacist, they can, whatever. And I'm a fucking unicorn. Good for you. Doesn't exist. So there's that. And then, um, what else? Um, all these atrocities in society, all these horrors of our past... We have made steps to, to correct them and move forward and do better. And, you know, to judge a person, let's say a black person or an indigenous person, to judge us by the color of our skin or the horrible stereotypes that were perpetuated in the past is a travesty. It's ugly. It's mean-spirited. It's evil. Conversely, to judge a white person by the ugly horrors of the past, the wrongs of our fathers, all that stuff, to judge them on that basis is also ugly and mean-spirited and evil. You know? Some of the criticism of critical race theory is like, you know, all white people are racist. You are born racist and there is nothing you can do about it. Some... Uh, of the major players in critical race theory espouse that. You are born racist as a white person. That's a pretty ugly, evil, hefty thing to put upon a child, you know? You're born evil? Like, what the hell, right? Isn't that just as ugly as judging a black person by some crazy stereotype, right? God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. Wagwan, what's happening? How you doing, player? Happy Canada Day. It's your old Chucklebutt Day. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtaran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent July 1st in the year of our Lord, 2021. 
Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Living my best life, folks. Hallelujah. How are you doing? How are you? Living my best life. Feels pretty good. Gets a little hot, a little sticky. Especially in them summer months, boy. But, you know, living my best life. And, um... I'm an actor, stand-up comedian, proud Canadian, living in the 21st century. 21st century? 21st century. And, you know, facing the challenges of the people, just like y'all. Y'all dear viewers of JR the P, you know, grinding out there just like any person in this day and age. Yet I feel I'm living my best life because I've finally come to come to a place of grace and appreciation. I got my higher power, God. I got my health. I have my interests. I have my opportunities. I have the moment. Carpe diem, motherfucker. Seize the day. I remember I knew this one dude who had like Carpe diem, like tattooed on his left arm, or I guess his right arm, depending on how the camera shows this, you know. You know, he's got carpe diem written on his right arm, and he's got carpe nocturnum, seize the night. Carpe diem, carpe nocturum, or whatever the hell. But anyway, carpe diem, seize the day, seize whatever you can, because life slips away just like hourglass, and seize the day, praise, nothing stands in your way, seize the day. Seize the fucking day, folks. Grab it by the root hairs, by the short and curlies. Check it. I live in a neighborhood, an urban neighborhood, you know, Toronto, Canada. And, uh, well, Toronto's a city, but I live in an urban neighborhood in Toronto, Canada. And like in any urban neighborhood, you got a milieu, a mixture, a microcosm, a melting pot of people, different races, religions, genders, children, elders, middle-aged, youth, you know, early 30s. It's a hodgepodge of people, you know, sweating it out in a neighborhood. And, you know, <clears throat> I used to live my life like a grimy, real life grimy. But now the problem's behind me. You know, I used to be getting to drinking, boy. You know, I, I was known for, you know, cracking a beer, <laughs> you know, smoking dope. I said, God damn. <laughs> I said, God damn. <laughs> you know, I'll be smoking my weed, chain smoking cigarettes. <sighs> I do declare. <sighs> Virginia Slims. No, I smoked like contraband cigarettes, Belmonts. You know, smoking the Cadillacs. They call that the Cadillacs. Belmonts, smoking the Cadillacs, boy. You know, I'll be smoking cigarettes. Contraband cigarettes, you know, where I get my hands on, you know, living life like a grimy, real life grimy, you know, drunk and high around the clock. But now the problem's behind me. 
and you know, I was known for drinking with other dudes in the neighborhood, other grimies, you know, low lives, degenerates, you know, the type of people that would be drunk in public. You know, I hung out with them. And, yo, that was like my bohemian phase. Young actor, young thespian, young comedian, young clown, on the come up, you know, just, you know, trying to get my footing as a performer. You know, all my heroes did drugs. You know, I looked up to the rough and tumble, hard drinking, drug taking, you know, womanizing type of dudes like in the comedy and the acting game in that industry. Those were like my idols. So I was living like that. All right. So I had my time. But, you know, where I sit today, four plus years sober, you know, I've made a new life for myself and I'm living my best life. And I'm not looking down on others and I'm not running a race against others and I'm not interested in others I'm interested in myself what I can do for myself and meeting the good people that will bring me spiritual fulfillment and hopefully um, furtherment in my career that's all I'm trying to do you know I ain't got no agenda whatever do you boo right Well, I got a couple of, you know, ghosts and ghouls from my past, a couple dudes in the neighborhood. I bump into them from time to time and yo, ha, bad things, ha, bad things. They be wishing, they wishing on me. Bad things, a lot of bad things. They be wishing on me. And for no particular reason other than yo, they're still in their world of shit. They be getting drunk in public, meandering about, living their pointless lives. And like I say, in a neighborhood, in any metropolis, you know, you got the people that, you know, students, blue collar, white collar, you know, um, stay at home mothers, children. There's a whole hodgepodge of different people living life. Well, some people are just low life degenerate to do nothing. Lay around all day smoking cigarettes, buying lottery tickets, going to Tim Hortons, (laughs) talking nonsense. Not my damn fault. Well, I used to hang out with a couple of these type of degenerates, hoodlums. Every now and then I bump into them. And I bumped into one recently enough. Um, You know, just a real kind of, kind of shiftless character. Hi, hi, how are you? Hi, hi. Oh, hi, nice to see you, good to see you. Like, lowly kind of guy, weird kind of chemical-looking smile on his face, this placid kind of doped-up-looking smile on his face all the time. Hi, hi. Oh, I'm doing okay. Fucked up out of my mind. Hi. Real low life, right? And, you know... Not that I pay attention to this dude, but like the thing between us is like when I got sober or at least when I started, you know, waking up to, oh, maybe I should do something with my life rather than be drunk and high all day. 
you know, I, I would, you know, be walking around, minding my own business, going to and fro, living my life. Sometimes I'd see that guy, you know, we'd be walking down the street, I see him walking towards me, and I'm looking at him to say hello. He would look at the ground. He would look away. He wouldn't look at me. I don't know. Any man or woman should know that if you want to engage civilly with a person, you look at them. You acknowledge them. Hi, Tim. Hi, Frank. And you live your merry old life. That's common sense. When you look away from a person, when you look at the ground, when you pretend you don't see somebody... little odd to say the very least now I ain't gonna shit the bed over this I don't give a fuck one less person to deal with in my life I wasn't offended I didn't care just whatever I guess our cordiality I guess our relationship our rapport I guess it ran its course you don't feel like looking at me and communicating civilly cool I didn't care I didn't I wasn't offended I just kind of okay the dude don't want to look at me the dude don't want to look at me well, recently enough, I bumped into this dude. He was with another guy that I knew. And I was drawn into a conversation. And, you know, um, that dude, the, uh, hi, 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 guy, you know, who goes, oh, hey, yeah, oh, Jonathan, hi, yeah. Mm, yeah. You remember that time you were really drunk and you, uh, you, you did you, you did something or I, I saw you that time and you were really drunk <laughs> yeah I used to drink a lot bad things they be wishing on me isn't it funny how these ghosts and ghouls from your past that they just leap at the opportunity leap at the opportunity to bring up your old baggage as if I give a fuck it ain't no damn secret you know yeah, I was a hard-drinking, hard-living, stand-up comic actor. I wore it on my sleeve. Not only did I do it, I was proud of it. I did all sorts of shit. All right? That's the life I wanted to live. I enjoyed it. What's your point? When I was a young man, when I was in my youth, when I was 25, 20-something, you bumped into me once when I was drunk in public. You remember that time I bumped into you and you were so drunk? You remember that time? Actually, I really don't. But, uh, sure. Sounds like something I would have done when I was chasing pussy, getting blackout drunk every fucking night, doing stand-up comedy. You know, living life like a grimy, real-life grimy. But now the habit's behind me. What's your fucking point? Of course, I didn't say that. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. And it's funny how the mind goes. Because I'm like, you know, living my best life. And, you know, I'm, uh... Trying to love my fellow man. Something that's been on my head lately is like, as I move forward as a performer, stand-up comic, actor, as I move forward as just a human being wanting to live a meaningful life, something that's been on my mind lately is like, I kind of want to move out of my neighborhood um, and I want to make steps, continue to making steps in my career. And it makes me think, well... 
Is that a fucking clown car? You know, it, it makes me think like, well, you know, who do you think you are, Jonathan? I mean, do you think you're better than your neighborhood? Do you think you're better than these people? And then also in a career as a performer, you got the heat of a social media public, everybody with their little comments online. And it's like, well, do I even like people? <laughs> I want to move away from people. I, I'm annoyed by people. And, you know, I'm out there tap dancing, trying to perform a public that fucking annoy the shit out of me with their sniveling, snide, crybaby little fucking pussified comments. You know, like, do I even like people? Like, what's going on with me? <laughs> but no, I'm living my best life. I'm rocking with the principles of the one and only God. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. You know, Christ love, the golden rule. So I ain't trying to get higher than mighty, and I'm considering these things as I navigate my life forward. And I'm looking at that guy, and he's bringing up all this stupid shit from my past, meaningless, you remember that one time you were so drunk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I could have like brought up things myself because, you know, when you point one finger, I guess three are pointing back at you. You ever heard that, uh, that uh, saying? You know, when you point one finger, there's three pointing back at you. Well, I know a little something about you too, mister. <laughs> I see this guy in the neighborhood. He's, you know, he's like in his early, he's like probably like 43, 45 years old. Unemployed. Chain smoking, out of shape. Hangs around with a bunch of loser type people that are always squawking, yelling, fighting, arguing, bumbling around. They're like, they're like nonsense people. They're the type of people that like they walk down the street and they're in a full-on argument. He usually he's always he, every, he always seems to be with a different woman every few months or every year or two or whatever. Like I'll see him out with a different woman and she's usually some troll, nasty type of woman who's like henpecking him and bitching at him. He's getting in arguments with women in public. He's hanging out with like low-life degenerate people that you know like we want to start judging people, we can start judging. Yeah, I used to get drunk. You still are a loser. <laughs> of course, I didn't say this to him. Um, I didn't want to have that battle. I mean, it's even kind of snide and ugly for me to mention on a podcast that he doesn't watch. But to his face, I didn't feel like being like that. I wasn't going to sink to his level and be mean-spirited. I'm just like... Okay, cool. Yeah. Cut to this morning. I get up to go for a jog. It's like 7 a.m. I go downstairs and, you know, I'm stretching. I'm putting my earphones in. I see him. He's walking his dog. And he just, like, walks up to me and he goes, hey, oh, Look at this. Isn't this healthy? Isn't this healthy? <laughs> He's holding a bag of dog shit 
Isn't this healthy? Isn't this healthy? <laughs> you see, if you want to talk about healthy, this is healthy. <laughs> if you want to talk about healthy, this is healthy. Those were his words. Who wants to talk about healthy? Now I'm making an assumption. Is he, is he referring to the fact that I obviously was doing something healthy? 7 a.m., I'm going for a jog? You want to talk about healthy? This is healthy. <laughs> He's holding up like a bag of dog shit. He's like 15 feet away from me, holding up this bag of dog shit. I'm just like looking at him, right? You want to talk about healthy? This is healthy. Healthy. <laughs> I'm like looking at him, right? I'm like, okay. And then, you know... It felt like a dig, like a shot, like a mean-spirited, stupid remark. It didn't seem like two men joking, two neighbors joking, two old buddies joking. It seemed like some asshole just saying some stupid shit. That's what it seemed like to me. But I don't know. That's my assumption. And it's like, um, all right, well, one test for a joke is somebody jokes with you. You joke back with them. It's like a volley. Are we playing? Is this just a game? Well, let's have a little volley. You know, like, what do they call it? A shuttlecock? Like, let's say you're playing badminton, you know? Somebody serves you the shuttlecock. Then you hit the shuttlecock back at them. It's a back and forth thing. It's a game, you know? So, okay, maybe he's just tossing me the old shuttlecock. You know, maybe he's, you know, sending me a volley. Like, hey... Here's a little joke. Look, look, this is healthy. I'm holding a bag of dog shit. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, cool. Is that how you get your vitamins? Little joke, you know? He goes, no, 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 no. The the dog, no, the dog, he has his vitamins. He gets his shots. He's a good dog. Starts muddling and mumbling. Like, just a real bitch-ass, switch-ass kind of a guy. He's one of those mumbly types. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, No, the dog has his shots. He's a good dog. He's a good dog. He's, like, mumbling on like an idiot. Oh, so you were making an asshole remark. Because I think that's a pretty funny joke. I mean, if it's just two dudes joking around about the ironies of life and the funny situations of, you know, hey, we're two dudes. Good morning. How you doing, neighbor? Good to see you. How you doing? Well, I'm picking up dog shit. You know, look at this bag of dog shit. <laughs> Talk about healthy. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's how you get your vitamins, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Throw the dog shit in the garbage. Have a good day, pal. You have a good day too, buddy. You know, just two men having a chuckle over dog shit. No. He was making a point. You want to talk about healthy, stupid? Oh yeah, you think you're fucking something getting up and going for a jog, do you? You think you're healthy, do you? Well, this is healthy. Look, I'm going to hold dog shit in your face. (laughs) Dog shit, that's healthy. (laughs) Cool, well that's how you get your vitamins? No, no, you can't joke with me. No, I'm the only one who can make stupid jokes. No. And it was so funny because, you know, I say this with 
a spirited, annoyed, entertainment type of tone. I'm taking an entertainment approach to this story. I'm embellishing it. I'm making it more dramatic in the annoyance and the underlying negativity of it. I'm hamming it up. But truthfully, in the moment, I saw it for what it was. Like, first of all, I saw him picking up after the dog, and I thought, oh, cool, he, he picks up after his dog. I was having, like, a positive thought about the man. I'm like, oh, he cleans up after his dog. That's cool. Hey, how you doing? Hey, look, dog shit. <laughs> you want to talk about healthy? Cool. Is that how you get your vitamins? No, no, no. No, the dog has his, the dog has his vitamins. <laughs> Mumbles on and then, like, walks off. I'm like, oh, he was trying to send a negative thing towards me. Oh, he is jealous of the fact that I exercise and he's a frumpy, dumpy type of person. Oh, well. And I put my earphones in and I went for my jog. Whatever. I'm living my best life. And I'd like to extend that to all y'all out there, you know, um... The gratitude of if you got your health, <laughs> you know, you know how many people would give anything for health. What did Hyman Roth? Th- what did Hyman Roth say in um, Godfather Part Two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I give two million dollars to take a piss. Because <laughs> it had nothing to do about business. <laughs> I'd give $2 million to take a piss. You know, most people would give anything to be in a clean bill of health. And, you know, if you're a person that values your health, you got health. If you're a person that loves just the opportunity of a new day to spend it however you want with your family, in your job, in your career, if you have gratitude for these things... They are what feed the spirit, not what your other, not what the other person's doing, what the next man's doing, what your neighbor's doing. It's inconsequential. Completely inconsequential. Whatever you do, do it good. Whatever you do, do do now, do it good. It's not what you look like. When you're doing what you do, it's what you're doing. When you're doing what you look like you're doing, express yourself. Dip, dip, it, dip, dip, it. Helicopter. Can you guys hear that? A little bit of a helicopter flying over. Ghetto bird. But anyways, folks, your best life. Hallelujah. So if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramchand, on the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, wine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yeah. Um, shows available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. We talk current events, 
entertainment, politics, uh, the time to the time, folks, the whole kit and caboodle. You can't go wrong. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, you're getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you're digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Yeah. Ah, it's hot. I'm telling you, boy, if I said it before, I'll say it again. When you get squawking under them lights, boy, it gets hot. Quick sip of coffee, balls. Don't mind me, balls. Not that that's going to help, drinking coffee in a humid heat. Got to do what you got to do. Canada Day. Hallelujah, yay. Today's July 1st, 2021. Canada Day. What is Canada Day? All right. Well, according to wikipedia.com, Make sure to donate. According to wikipedia.com, Canada Day is the National Day of Canada, a federal statutory holiday. It celebrates the anniversary of Canadian Confederation, which occurred on July 1st, 1867, with the passing of the Constitution Act 1867, where the three separate colonies of Canada... Nova Scotia and New Brunswick were united into a single dominion within the British Empire called Canada. Pardon moi, folks. <coughs> you know, I usually don't take the time to apologize for a burp, but um, we are speaking of our beloved Canada, so uh, pardon moi. Originally called Dominion Day, the holiday was renamed in 1982. Really? That recent? When the Canadian Constitution was patriated by the Canadian Act 1982. Canada Day celebrations take place throughout the country, as well as in various locations around the world, attended by Canadians living abroad. Yeah, so that's Canada Day. Um, Canada becoming a unionized colony, 1867. Under the British Empire, we are known as a multicultural melting pot. Not to say we, there's not a little bit of hiccup. <laughs> not to say we don't have some turmoil and skeletons in our closet. But, you know, this is a beautiful country. And I'm very proud to be a Canadian. And um, I love the freedom the relative freedom. We've been dog-fucked since this whole <coughs> COVID-19 situation. You know, lockdowns, um, you know, real pussified government, you know, making up and buying into the fucking bonehead junk science of the day, getting people to live in fear, lots of arbitrary impositions on our freedoms. But generally speaking, I love Canada, right? But, um... Something that's been going on lately is um, a discussion on um, canceling Canada Day. You know, the indigenous people who were the first people of Canada, the land mass, they have a rough and tumble history 
with these, you know, um, these um, settlers who colonized our beautiful country. And there's been a back and forth, somewhat of a discord, disharmony between, you know, the indigenous people of Canada and I guess the British Empire, the colonizers. So peep this. Um, this is an article from cbcnews.ca. Saskatchewan residents asking themselves tough questions about what Canada Day means. Many say July 1st shouldn't be a celebration, but a day to listen and learn from Indigenous people. Hey, yo, warrior. Hey, yo, warrior. I'm black, all right? Deal with it. While July 1st is often a day of celebration and patriotism in Canada, some say the events of this past year have shown that this country still has a lot of work to do before it deserves to be truly celebrated. Do you have to deserve to be celebrated? I mean, I think I had a first birthday. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Happy birthday, Jonathan. I, I, I don't think I even knew how to wipe my ass back then. I had a birthday celebration when I turned one years old. Do you need to deserve to be celebrated? Isn't every day a celebration if you have a humble spirit? Anyway. The movement to cancel or boycott Canada Day 2021 has gained a lot of traction over 2021. <laughs> well, when else would it have gained traffic? <laughs> the movement of 2021 gained traffic in 2021. Well, it came about in 2021. <laughs> anyway. The terms Cancel Canada Day and No Pride in Genocide have been trending across social media. The announcement last week that 751 unmarked graves had been found at the site of the formal residential school at Kawesses First Nation in Saskatchewan was one of several recent incidents prompting many to ask how Canada plans to deal with its dark past and racism. At the forefront of this issue is the ongoing treatment of Indigenous peoples. I think we need to take leadership from the people who have lived here since time immemorial. I think we need to take leadership from the people who have lived here since time immemorial, whose land we are living on, said Rhonda Rosenberg, Executive Director of the Multicultural Council of Saskatchewan. Rosenberg said Canada Day needs to be reimagined and something other than a celebration of Confederacy. She encourages citizens to take the time to think about what needs to change. We do also need opportunities to come together and build relationships and to appreciate each other. But right now, July 1st is not the right date for that. It's more of a day to learn what it took to move us to get federation and the costs and continue that continue to be paid by Indigenous people. Rosenberg said future iterations of Canada Day 
could focus on activism and addressing ongoing colonialism. And the article continues on. Suffice to say, the basic point being, um, should Canada Day be cancelled? And should it be held as a time to hear Indigenous voices, reimagine and reshape the telling and celebration of our country, and to reflect on the whole colonization process? Hashtag Cancel Canada Day, or whatever it's called. What is it? The movement to cancel or boycott Canada Day. Canada Day 2021. Cancel Canada Day. Should that be the ongoing agenda? Thus forward. Now, to the indigenous situation, the First Nations situation here in Canada. First of all, there is some truth to it. Growing up, I can recall, now we're speaking as children. As children, I recall, um, growing up, being in school, and This was, you know, the early 90s. People made black jokes. I'm sure they made black jokes about me. You know, um, usually the kids, we would laugh and joke around. We used to call ourselves, we had a group of people, we used to call ourselves the United Nations. I went to a fairly small junior high elementary school. And, you know, there was like one black person, myself, you know, a few white kids, a few Asian kids, a few... Um, Latino kids, a few indigenous kids. Um, yeah, so we would call ourselves like the United Nations, and we would joke amongst ourselves very much. Ah, uh, uh, you black buffoon, or ah, uh, uh, you Asian persuasion, ah, uh, uh, you know, like whatever, dumb jokes, right? But one thing I did notice was, in the culture, it almost seemed acceptable to reference Indian native people as less than. It really did. Now, I don't know what people said about black people behind my back. I, I, didn't, I didn't really grow up. Maybe it was my own personality. Maybe it was just the truth of it. I mean, maybe it truly wasn't as racist as people like to claim Canada. I was growing up in Edmonton, Alberta. I didn't really receive a lot of racial issues. Now, from time to time, somebody would pop out of a bush and scream nigger. And it didn't really bother me at all, really. I'm just like, what a crazy person. You know, I mean, that's how I always looked at it. I'm like, oh, they're crazy. But like, I didn't really get a lot of like, myself. I didn't get a lot of racial, overt racism. Uh, here and there, people would be jerks. But one thing that just seemed really normal was like, 
to make native jokes. You know, they're drunks, they're welfare cases, they're fucked up people, treaty checks, they get treaty checks from the government. Hey there, cousin, how you doing? You ever notice that Indian people talk like this? They're very slow talking, you know? It comes from my cookum. I speak them like my cookum. My cookum taught me how to talk. My cookum taught me how to get a treaty check, living on the reserve, collecting reparations that they get. Like, <laughs> it, it was normal amongst people to just talk that way and make native jokes and references it was almost like ha 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 jonathan you're in on the joke i mean you're, you're not a nigger today look at these indigenous people ha 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 look at these squaws <laughs> you know they're like it was almost like ha 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 yeah i'm in on the joke or whatever right it seemed a little bit more accepted is my point because you know everything if there was any overt racism it was kind of cloak and dagger you know you wouldn't People weren't quick to yell nigger. People weren't quick to yell any other racial epitaphs. But for some reason, it was almost just out there in the open. Like, ha, 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 Native people, they're, they're fucked up. <laughs> it was just kind of in the culture to make fun of. I, I noticed that. I, I really did notice that. And this whole 751 unmarked graves, 751 graves of indigenous children were found on a, um, on a, uh, what do they call it? I forget, what's the word? The, the word, um, the schools, the residential schools, the residential schools in Canada, that being a big um, issue. The government, the churches, taking indigenous children out of their homes, putting them in these boarding schools where they were subject to rape, beatings, hostility, neglect. There's a history there of negativity, these residential schools. And apparently new in the news, in the news lately, 751 of these graves, 751 graves were found on a Saskatchewan residential school site, I believe. Either a residential school or a church that was connected with a residential school. I don't even know what that means. It hasn't been clear yet. I mean, for as big as that story is, there hasn't been any major follow-up on what that means. Were these children murdered? Did they die of some sort of um, pandemic of the time? You know, was there some like COVID-19 situation type thing going on back then? Measles, you know, like, pardon moi. What was going on? Like, how did these children die? What I can say about this which is very much in relation and which is a good bridge to go into my next discussion. 
much like the black community, the indigenous community, I hear you. These atrocities did occur. There is a lot of unfairness in life. Pain, suffering, undue harm. Unfortunately, we live in a world of cynicism motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. Nobody really cares. We can put this story and these type of stories and cancel Canada Day. We can put these stories in the news. We can publicly wipe your tears. There, 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 there. Let me wipe your tear. Let me wipe them tear. There, there. Poor little indigent, indigenous, indigenous. You know, let me wipe your tears. It's so sad what the horrible white man did to you. But the truth remains, no one cares. Like, that ain't going to do nothing. You know? The power is within. The power is within. To very much like the black man and the black situation in North America. The black situation in North America, very much the same thing. Oh, yes, I'm boss. You was a slave for 400 plus years. Beating, whipping me. I'm on the Underground Railroad running for my black ass. You know, very sad, very atrocious, atrocious. But nobody cares. Very much like the indigenous people. All of branches have been extended. We're trying to rectify the wrongs. These things are being brought to light in public. And I think you cannot be a rational person in 2021 and not know that hate is evil. When you hate someone for any reason, it's evil. And the interesting thing about hate is if you hate one, you hate them all. How do you hate somebody for any reason and turn around to claim to love your children, your family, your friends? You hate one, you hate them all. If you have that type of spirit that you could hate somebody and let that fester in your heart, well, then you hate everybody. You know, if, if people don't agree with you, if people don't see things the way you see things, if people don't listen to you, if people don't stroke and fan your ego, well, then you hate them. You know, you got a co-worker. They don't do what you think they should do. Now you hate them. Your next door neighbor makes too much noise. Now you hate them. Your brother 
said he was going to pay you back that $500 that you lent him, but, you know, he's been a little bit slow in getting back to paying you back because of COVID and blah, 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 blah. Now you hate him. You hate your own mother. You hate your own father. You hate anybody that conflicts with your personal sense of self. It's egotistical, self-centered to the max. And it can be for any reason. Something as deep-rooted and ugly as, I discriminate and hate on the basis of race. To something just as stupid as, you know, I really don't like that grin on your face. Something about that grin on your fucking face reminds me of that bully in grade four. And I fucking hated him and I hate you. You make me sick. So very much the indigenous problem, the problem of these were the first people on the land mass, which is known as Canada, in North America, very similar to the United States in that regard. Um, that problem, which is very, um, you know, that runs parallel with, you know, the black situation, the black problem. All these atrocities and wrongs are just terrible, but nobody really cares. And it's the power within to pull ourselves up and to make strong connections with all cultures and to promote that sense of self-reliance. And accountability. There's a lot of, you know, neglect going on in these indigenous homes, in these black homes. And yeah, there are social situations, but that's just an obstacle that we have to overcome and everybody has obstacles to deal with you know this is the story of the world everybody suffers everybody has challenges what looks green on the outside might be rotten to the core you know you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors and we all struggle and we all are living in this world of cynicism where nobody really cares. You know, the best we can do is have respect for others, do for ourselves, and hope to link up with like-minded people. And this is a nice bridge into my next point here. Something that's been very um, rampant in the news of of late. Critical race Theory. <gasps> now, what is critical race theory? Let me get a definition. Quick sip of coffee. Coffee break both. Don't mind me both. One quick sip. Yeah. <clears throat> fits in. 
enough of this. All right. Critical race theory. What is the definition? This is from wikipedia.org. And again, folks, make sure to donate. <laughs> Critical race theory. Critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the United States and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. CRT. Is that like CCR? Down on the corner. Out here in the street, all them black boys are playing. Bring a nickel, stomp your feet. Ding, ding, early in the evening. CRT, CRC, or whatever. CRT. CRT examines social, cultural, and legal issues as they relate to race and racism in the United States. And more recently in the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Mate, governor. CRT originated in the mid-1970s in the writings of several American legal scholars, including Derek Bell, Alan Freeman, Kimberley Crenshaw, Richard Delgado, Cheryl Harris, Charles R. Lawrence III, Maria Mastusta, and Patricia J. Williams. It emerged as a movement by the 1980s, reworking theories of critical legal studies, CLS, critical legal studies, and more focus on race. CRT is grounded in critical theory and draws from thinkers such as Antonio Gramsci, Gramsci, Sojourner Truth. Sounds like a stripper. Sojourner Truth. Somebody made that fucking name up. You know, I'm going to go down to the fucking post office and pay for a name change. Sojourner Truth. Frederick Douglass and W.E. Du Bois, W.E. Du Bois, W.E.B. Du Bois, as well as the Black Power, Chicano, and radical feminist movements from the 1960s and 1970s. While critical race theorists do not all share the same beliefs, the basic tenets of CRT include that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex changing, and often subtle social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudices on the part of individuals. CRT scholars also view race and white supremacy as an intersectional social construction, which serves to uphold the interests of white people against those of marginalized communities at large. In the field of legal studies, CRT emphasizes that merely making laws colorblind, colorblind on paper may not be enough to make the application of the laws colorblind. Ostensibly, colorblind laws can be applied in racially discriminatory ways. A key CRT concept is intersectionality which emphasizes that race can intersect with other identities, such as gender and class, to produce complex combinations of power and disadvantage. 
Academic critics of CRT argue that it relies on social constructionism, evaluates, elevates, rather, elevates storytelling over evidence and reason, rejects the concepts of truth and merit, and opposes liberalism. Since 2020, conservative lawmakers, conservative lawmakers in the United States have sought to ban or restrict critical race theory instruction, along with other anti-racism programs. Critics of these efforts say the lawmakers have poorly defined or misrepresented the tenets and importance of CRT, and that the goal of the laws is to silence broader discussions of racism, equality, social justice, and history of race. Since 2020, CRT has been as part of the culture wars in the political landscape of the United Kingdom and Australia as well. Yes, that's CRT in a nutshell for you folks. CRT in a nutshell. Now I have um, two opposing articles on CRT. I'm not going to bother to read them. Suffice to say, um, one article is from Al Jazeera, wherein they, um, from the news site aljazeera.com, they basically say that, you know, there are these um, disproportionate um, favoritism CRT, critical race theory type of things in society, this intersectionality of, you know, white privilege and power structures and, you know, colored folk are disproportionately at the bottom of the barrel. That's what Al Jazeera says. And moreover, they say, um, one point they emphasize in the article, there's no real point in reading it. Um, Another thing they emphasize is, yes, racism, systemic racism, 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 prejudice, it exists. And by canceling, ironically, hashtag cancel CRT, ironically, by canceling CRT, it won't do a damn thing because um, there are other cells Along this, along the spectrum of this thinking, ideology, right? Um, there's just too many, uh, too much thought and discussion and pushback. So, this Al Jazeera article says, um, you know, basically, if you want to cancel CRT, good luck because the movement's too strong. Opposing that, uh, not publicly or not in the media or not in the journalistic world, I'm just saying. Opposing that article is um, an article from um, WallStreetJournal.com. And um, it's kind of funny. Usually uh, Wall Street Journal and these different types of news outlets, um, (laughs) they usually have like a, um, you know, you know, join this, uh, join this website, pay for this website. They like fucking try to get you to buy the damn subscription. 
But when it comes to this article, no, you can read this one for free. <laughs> this one's on us. <laughs> no, critical race theory, no, don't do it. This one's on us, folks. Read this one for free. Their article is, um, oh, wait, never mind. There's a, oh, springtime sale. Okay, they're trying to get me to subscribe. I take that back. But anyways, they negate critical race theory. It says it, they basically say um, it causes a wedge between the races and it's, it overlooks things such as merit. It, uh, it imposes upon, you know, non-colored white folk calling them racists, saying what's in their heart when it, you, how do you claim to know what's in somebody's heart? You know what I mean? And it just, uh, it's like destructive to our social fabric, you know? Generally speaking, the Western world, Canada, United States, and then, you know, the UK, British Empire. We're like a Christian society. And this critical race theory goes against a lot of them tenements. And they try to chalk it down to just, you know, oh, um, anything goes, basically. And, you know, if you don't agree this way, it's because you're a racist. And you're an oppressor. And this, that, and the other. So suffice to say, there are conflicting um, viewpoints. And to the article on Wikipedia, one of the major um, tenements, tenets of critical race theory is intersectionality. The idea that race... often is a determining factor in societal favoritism, power, dynamics. You know, it's how come the white guy also always gets the managerial position and the influence and the power and the bells and whistles while the black and the Asian and the indigenous or whatever get the runoff. Well, first of all, to the question of white supremacy, I personally don't think it exists. White people aren't superior. So to like say that, oh, white people are trying to be superior or white supremacists, da, 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 da. but they're not. It's kind of like the same idea with gender. You know, it's like, Call it mean, call it insensitive, but everybody knows if you got a ding-a-ling, you're a boy, and if you got a foo-foo-foo, you're a girl. Everybody knows that, right? So it's like, fuck off with it. You're just talking imagination. So it's the same thing with, like, you know, white supremacy. It doesn't exist. White people aren't going around saying that they're superior, and they're not. We're all equal. We're all children of God. So it don't exist. So if somebody wants to say that they're a white supremacist, they can, whatever. And I'm a fucking unicorn. Good for you. Doesn't exist. 
So there's that. And then, um, what else? Um, all these atrocities in society, all these horrors of our past, we have made steps to, to correct them and move forward and do better. And, you know, to judge a person, let's say a black person or an indigenous person, to judge us by the color of our skin or the horrible stereotypes that were perpetuated in the past is a travesty. It's ugly. It's mean-spirited. It's evil. Conversely, to judge a white person by the ugly horrors of the past the wrongs of our fathers, all that stuff, to judge them on that basis is also ugly and mean-spirited and evil. You know? Some of the criticism of critical race theory is like, you know, all white people are racist. You are born racist and there is nothing you can do about it. Some uh, of the major players in critical race theory espouse that. You are born racist as a white person. That's a pretty ugly, evil, hefty thing to put upon a child. You know? You're born evil? Like, what the hell? Right? Isn't that just as ugly as judging a black person by some crazy stereotype? Right? And in a larger sense, like the whole American thing where it's like they want reparations. The black community want reparations in America. Or in Canada, the indigenous community, they want um, some form of reparation. You know? But, but from where? The government doesn't just poof, have money. We, the people, are the government. So what, you're going to tax your fellow indigenous community? You're going to tax your neighbor as an individual person? We're going to, like, where does this money come from for reparations? You know, if, if, if black Americans get reparations, that's going to have to come from the tax-paying public. And there are black people in the tax-paying public. So you're going to have black people playing, paying reparations? You're going to have indigenous people paying reparations to indigenous people? Black people paying reparations to black people? Where's this money coming from? We are the government. I don't know. Maybe they can make something up that would make more sense. I'm just a dummy doorknob dodo brain, you know? How the hell would I know anything? But it doesn't seem to make very much sense to me anyway, on an economic level. And also... The truth remains, in my point of view, we live in a cynical world motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. You know, politicians, leaders, you know, they talk a good game to get your vote. They get money, they get power, they get influence, they get stature. But when it comes down to it, it's your life. It's your community. It's your family. It's your friends. It's about you. You, me, we have to look within, 
pull ourselves up, give our best, do our best, because ain't nobody swinging for you. That's the truth. That's the truth. And you know what? When you do your best, you're often rewarded. You know, you're often rewarded in ways in which you didn't know. You know, you take it upon yourself to do your best. All of a sudden, you're attracting positive things towards you. You'll you'll meet people that you can connect with and work with and grow with. You can connect with people that will help you and see value in you, in your work, rather than just crying narcissistically, whining self-absorbedly about problems that everybody has. Life's unfair for everybody. Nobody cares about me. Well, nobody cares about anybody. And self-interest isn't always such a terrible thing. As the economist Walter E. Williams once put it, and I paraphrase, why do, I don't know an impression of him, but um, why do um, farmers get up in the middle of the fucking night they're fucking milking chickens. They're plucking cows. They're fucking, I don't know, planting lima beans. Why the hell do they do that in the middle of the night? Because they care about their community? Because they're altruistic and they give a shit if the kids get juice boxes and milk and cookies at lunchtime? No. They do it because they can make that money by, se- by selling their own agriculture. And in doing so... They meet the needs of the public, and therefore, private interest serves the general public. I want to be a stand-up comedian, podcaster, actor. Why? Because I'm a, beliv- I'm a benevolent person who cares about the altruistic things of it? Well, to a certain degree, it feels good to entertain people, and I care about people. But generally put it, because it's a fascinating life, and I want to live it for myself. And in doing so, if I give, you know, entertainment and joy to people, cool. And in doing so, I can have respect for my fellow man and woman and live a decent life. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm doing for myself. And you can too. We all can. And we can work together and champion one another and... Let bygones be bygones. You know? I mean, and where a lot of, this is very interesting too, um, colored conservatives. I don't know if that's a term, but I'm just using it. Where a lot of colored conservatives miss the boat, I think, is you got to offer an olive branch. It's just human nature, right? If you pile upon somebody how stupid they are and how wrong they are and you're dumb and you'll never get it together, you think they're going to listen? We live in a world of cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. If you're going to call me stupid, well then fuck you. You're stupid. That's the way the game's played, all right? So where a lot of colored conservatives or colored conservative ideas, or at least, the very least, the idea of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, at least when it comes to that concept in a bipartisan way, 
the idea of doing for yourself in a bipartisan way. Um, look, it's true. There's a lot of ugly things in our past. And there are times that we are treated unfairly. And there are times that we judge others unfairly. You know? There are times when, as a black man, I walk into a situation and I can feel the assumptions and judgments of white people. And I'm sure there are times when I'm looking at a white person and I got them all wrong. I'm judging them for some reason that, hey, they were just standing there doing nothing. And what are you talking about? I wasn't thinking that. Like, whatever. I'm just some white dude. Whatever, dude. Like, we all make these judgments and assumptions. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it sucks. But unfortunately, nobody cares. It's the song of the world. There ain't nobody out there helping the white man any harder than they're helping the black person. Nobody gives a fuck about white people. Nobody gives a fuck about black people. Nobody gives a fuck about Asian people. Nobody gives a fuck about indigenous people. Nobody gives a fuck about feminists. Nobody gives a fuck about Black Lives Matter. Transgender people. Nobody gives a fuck. Guess what? Wake up call. Nobody gives a fuck. We don't care. We're interested in ourselves. Generally speaking. But we can have compassion, consideration, respect, Christ love, do unto ourselves as we would love done unto others, or however it goes. Do unto me as I do unto you, you know? Monkey see, monkey do, scratch my back, you know? The golden rule. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Hallelujah. Hmm. Feels good. You know, um, I certainly enjoy what I do here at JR the P. Sometimes we do, I don't know, we're, like I said, it's a hodgepodge. It's comedy, politics, social, spiritual, whatever, the whole kit and caboodle. What's your opinion on today's episode or any episode? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Certainly would love to hear from you. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com Till next time, folks. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent July 1st in the year of our Lord 2021. Cancel Canada Day? What the fuck? I like maple syrup. Critical race theory. Do you believe in it? The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. If you're enjoying the folks, if you're enjoying the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, you live it, you love it, you realize it. I hate Peace.